Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Before um, we welcome up Tom again, um, there's a verse in... There's a verse in Luke 15 that um, Tom's speaking on. Um, if you don't know, it's um, a parable of um, parable of the prodigal son, and it's a story of where Jesus is telling a parable and he's saying to basically illustrate the heart of God, what God's heart is for humanity, and and it's an amazing illustration of how God really pursues us, God really loves us, and God really God really pers- like goes after us, and um, and if you if you know it, it's in Luke 15, verse 11 to uh, 32, I believe. Um, but if not, if you follow me in the Bibles and not, I'll read it to you. Um, so start to hear it in verse 11. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told the story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later... This younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. By the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He he persuaded a local farmer to hire him. The man sent him into his field to feed the pigs. This young man became so hungry that even even the pods he was feeding to the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as your hired servant. So he returned home to his father. While he was still a long way off, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to, to him, Father, I have said, I sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and now is returned to life. He was lost, but he is now found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the son was working in the fields, and when he returned home, he heard music and dancing. That's pretty crazy. If you can hear dancing as well as music, if you just think about that, how much of this was a party, right? So he, he, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. Verse 28. The older brother was angry and would not go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, "All these years I've slaved for you and never, and you never um, once refused to do this. Well, I never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf." His father looked at him. Look, dear son. You've always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate for this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, 
but now he is found. That is the heart of our God that we, we, we celebrate here. And with that, I welcome up Tom Rawls. He comes to preach. Take a seat, everybody. I was a cocky young man. I was very proud and I was very arrogant. Imagine that, eh? In my teens, all I wanted to do was argue with my dad. I was very disrespectful to my mother as well. My older brother, he was just a goody two-shoes. Always doing the stuff that, that got dad's look of pride. I just couldn't be bothered. My older brother was a pain. I, on the other hand, lazy, opinionated, and rude to almost everybody. When I finished my schooling, I, I thought to myself, this, this is ridiculous. Small time town. Small town mentality. I was over it all. I couldn't concentrate on the family business. I mean, farming. I was sick of this farm. The work was backbreaking. Sun up to sun down. We just worked hard. The dirt the dust, the animals. I hated them all. One night on my bed, I got to thinking, you know, my dad's rich. Why doesn't he just give me my inheritance right now? And I'll disappear forever. I'll go and live the life in another country. Far, far away from the strife and the trouble of my own home. I'd be much better off. My family would be too. My brother could have the farm. I'd go and have a good time. So I spoke to my dad one night. He looked quite devastated. He pleaded with me. He said, please rethink your plans. Not me. I wasn't going to rethink it. I just wanted to get out. I wanted to live my own life. I wanted to make my own decisions. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. No parents breathing down my neck. No brother who was a real jerk. He, he couldn't get rid of me fast enough. That week I made my way out. Yeah, mum was crying. Dad just looked, you know, really sad. I thought he would cry as well. My brother just gave me this mean, spiteful look. I thought, yeah, see us all later. Maybe never. Gotta go out into the world. Gonna make a name for myself. Gonna make my own fortune. Gonna live my own life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna live the dream. Rich. Seems later. You know that first year was just awesome. People everywhere. I'd moved to another country, and people from all over the world gathered there. There were there were people, 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 even more people. They're different from the farm. so many women I was able to drink all I wanted I could eat anything I wanted hey, no more synagogues no more prayers, no more traditions I was truly free from the bondage of my father's religion I had money I had parties I had pleasures untold did I mention the women? I was living the dream 
As it was, about a year into my perpetual holiday, my accountant came to see me and told me that I was dangerously low on finances. I thought, how dreary. He suggested I diversify my holdings. Invest, he said. So I invested in this guy's farm. Farming, I knew farming! What I didn't know was that later that year, a severe famine hit the country that I was living in. Farm, and all my investments were gone. As dry as the dust bowl of a farm, I had wasted my money. I suppose I wasn't such a good businessman after all. But still, I had my friends. Or so I thought. It wasn't long, though. No money. I got kicked out of my flat. All my stuff was taken by the landlord for payment of overdue rent. The bar refused to allow me a tab. Can you even begin to imagine? I crashed at a mate's house, so for a few days and my accountant came to see me again he said I was broke and then said adios no more money hey I thought young I'm handsome good looking have you seen my hair you can imagine it was a real shocker when one of my regular girls just walked past me I said hey where you going she says no money, no honey. I was a bit shocked at that. I thought, what's going on here? The dream. The dream was turning into a nightmare. I'd need to do something soon or I'd be sleeping in the alley. It's funny, I remembered a proverb my dad once used to quote. He said, wealth attracts many friends, but even the closest friends of the poor person desert them. I realised I'd been deserted by all my so-called friends. It wasn't long before the loneliness started to get to me. It was quite crushing. My isolation was strangling me. The cold feeling in the pit of my stomach was gnawing away. I'm broke. I've wasted all my money. The drought was terrible in the land and, and, and it was the worst for many, many generations. No farms were hiring. I found it hard to get a job. I'd stopped taking a bath. I started to smell a bit ripe. My clothes were dirty. My shoes were falling apart. I felt terrible, looked terrible, and smelt terrible. I was starting to get desperate. I was in need. I didn't have enough food. I hadn't had a drink in months, and, and, and the girls wouldn't even look at me. When they did, they just laughed. One of them walked past me, just spat on me and laughed. I was shocked at how these people had just turned on me. I was hungry. I was was lacking sleep. I had nowhere to live. I had no money. I had no clean clothes. My, My hair was dirty and I think there were things living in it. The truth was I was living rough. I was living on the streets. That night I sat down by the back alley and I just cried. I cried and I cried and I cried. I was so lonely. I was so hungry. All was lost. My fortune, my nice clothes, my beautiful hair, my good name, it was all gone. I realized I was living a nightmare. I thought maybe it would be, it would be better to die to go on living like this 
as I was drying my eyes and feeling really sorry for myself, I suddenly remembered a proverb my dad used to quote. He said, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. That was certainly me. I'd been chasing fantasies. I felt guilty. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. I, I, I'd wasted my dad's money. I'd wasted my inheritance on wine, women and song. I'd lived a sensuous life of wanton sexual immorality, drunkenness and parties. I'd become addicted to wine and beer and strong liquor. I'd wasted a fortune on people who claimed to be my friends but were actually hangers-on using me to fund their lifestyle. I was so ashamed. The next day I thought my fortunes had been reversed. I found a job. This guy was a Greek businessman and he offered me work on his farm. What I didn't know was it was a pig farm. As a good Jew, I'd, I'd grown up hating these dirty, despicable animals. I knew the law of Moses prohibited us from even tending them and looking after them. But I was, I was so hungry. I needed somewhere to live. I needed a job. I knew I'd get paid the next day and buy some proper food. So I worked that day. But, but, but the boss didn't pay me straight away. He said he would pay me in a week's time. But by the end of the time, I, I was so hungry. I was looking after these dirty, filthy pigs. and I just felt so broken. I felt so desperate. I, I felt so trapped. I didn't know what to do. I looked at the food that the pigs were eating. starting to look good but I felt so ashamed I became quite disgusted with myself I reached my hand into the trough and I took some of the pig's food and I put it in my mouth I was so hungry I ate some of it but it just tasted horrible within a few minutes I felt so sick and I vomited it all back up my stomach was aching, my mouth was dry and tasted nasty. My eyes began filling with tears again from vomiting. I smelled of vomit. I was dirty with vomit down my shirt. I just felt so disgusted with myself. I just felt so ashamed. Here I was, sitting at the back of this bloke's farm, feeding pigs and eating their rotten, horrible junk. I was revolted by the state that I found myself in. Shock wasn't a strong enough word. I was sickened by my folly. I went in from feeding the pigs to my hut to sleep. I was so tired, I was so weak that I, I couldn't sleep. I, to be honest, I just couldn't stop crying. I felt so wretched. I felt so alone. I felt so dirty. I felt so totally unclean. I was at my wit's end. This was the worst point of my life. I couldn't think of anything worse for a, a spoilt little rich Jewish boy than sleeping on a pig farm. So hungry I even tried to eat the pig's food. My dad would often say, Son, 
God can take your worst moment and turn it into something good. He used to say, there is a way that seems right, but in the end it leads to death. So that night, in all my dirt and disgust, I did the only thing that was left. I looked up to heaven and I began to pray for the first time in years. I said, God, don't let me end my life this way. Don't let me die in a foreign country on a pig farm. Please make this the turning point in my life instead. At night with hunger driving me crazy, I found myself in my darkest hour. I had no more tears to cry. I had no more energy. My thoughts began to drift. I thought of home. I thought of my dad. I thought of his loving face. I thought of my mum. I could actually smell her home cooking. I thought of my mum again. How I long just just for her to hug me, hold me. Mum always smelt so nice. I thought of my bedroom. I thought of my bathtub. I thought of the servants who work for us. Maybe I should try and go back home. Even my father's servants were better looked after than what I was. My dad was a generous paymaster. And... And he looked out for our servants as well. If I went home, maybe he'd give me a job. Maybe he'd forgive me. Maybe not. Maybe Dad would forgive me. Maybe he'd take me by the hand and help me. Probably not. Probably send my older brother out. I don't know if I could cope with that. Maybe he wouldn't have me back. I wouldn't blame him. I was a total waste of space. I'd wasted my inheritance, my potential, my reputation. I'd wasted my dignity, my, my integrity. Surely they would have heard about my wasted years of wanton sexual immorality. My mother would just be so ashamed of me. My dad would be repulsed by, by my wasted life. They would be disgusted at me. No, maybe this was not a good idea. I finally did get to sleep that night, but I woke up well before dawn. I got up. I got out of that place. I think I'd finally come to my senses. I needed to go home, for better or for worse. I needed to get on the road. I started the long journey on foot to get back home. And Oh God, I looked like a beggar. I smelt like a beggar. I looked like a beggar. I was a worthless person. I felt worthless. There was nothing on the inside of me that would make me even... I was just so worthless. I knew I was unworthy to call him father again. I knew I'd be unworthy to, to be called his son ever again. I was so broken. I just, if I could just get home. I need to see my dad's face once more before he told me to depart from him. Never show my face here again. I needed to see mum's face. I imagine there would probably be no mercy for me, no kindness, no grace. I'd disappointed them way too much. I'd sinned against heaven and I'd sinned against him and his good name. 
His neighbours would look down on me. My brother would be very angry to see me. My poor mum, she, she, she wouldn't want to touch me. I'd just be so dirty. So disgusted. I lost track of time that day. I must have been walking for hours. I, I knew I was still a far way off, but I could just see the farm from the road. I looked into the distance. I saw my house, a tiny speck on the horizon, and, and my heart began to beat stronger and quicker. This was, this was the moment of truth. I had no idea what would happen next. I didn't know how it would be received. I, I knew I was desperate. I thought about maybe turning around, but I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. I wondered about the reception I would receive. I wondered if I would if I would be able to cope with their condemnation and judgment. I wondered if I would be able to live with their profound disappointment in me. I didn't think I could live through their disapproval. Their criticism. For sure their rejection of the skinny, dirty, filthy, smelly waste of, waste of space. Maybe that was simply the answer for me. Maybe my folly would just end in my death. It would be better for everybody if I just stopped living. As I got a little closer to the house, but still afar off, I saw my dad on the porch. I saw him look up. I could see the expression on his face. I saw the surprise. I waited. He stood up began to walk towards me and then and then he started to run towards me and he was calling out my name he shouted to to anyone who was close by he said my son my son has come home when he reached me he threw his arms around my neck and he cried and cried and cried so did I but I reluctantly wrenched myself from his embrace and I threw myself into the dirt at his feet and I groveled. My head bowed down in the dirt and without looking up into his face I said Father I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And the next words that he spoke stunned me. He said Son stand up who said you had to be worthy. Stand up. Come to me. I forgive you. His love and grace were, were overwhelming. So graceful as he pulled me up from the dirt. He put his arms around me again and together we walked up to the house. I couldn't stop crying. He couldn't stop crying. I saw my mum. She nearly fell to the ground with emotion. She came towards me and she just grabbed me. She put her hands on my face. And she pulled me towards her. And her and dad, they just held me and they cried. My dad's breath was so warm and sweet on my neck as he whispered to me, 
we have to thank God. Oh, my precious, precious son. We thought you were dead. We thought you were, you were gone forever. You're alive. You've come home. We've got to celebrate. We sat on the porch. Mom on one side, dad on the other. And I, I couldn't control my tears. I didn't deserve any of this. I wondered how they would be. How could they be this close to me? Hugging me. I was so dirty. I was so smelly. I had sores on my body. My hair was filthy. My clothes were torn and dirty. I was wretched. Simply put, I was not worthy of this display of love and grace. Their overwhelming mercy was so powerful. Their kisses, their tears, their of forgiveness and love. I just cried. I cried. There was nothing else for me to do in response to such kindness and mercy. One of the oldest servants in our home, one I'd known since birth, appeared. He looked shocked at my disheveled appearance, and my dad turned to him, and what he said next shocked and astounded me. Quick, my dad said. Get him a bath. Fix his hair. Bring the best robes. Put them on him. A ring on his finger. Sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast tonight and celebrate. For this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now found. He said, son, not servant. He was not lost on me. He said, son, I simply could not contain myself anymore. He called me his son. Waves of tears and convulsions shook my body. I was still his son. He soothed my tears with words of forgiveness. He held me to his heaving chest and spoke words of grace and restoration. His kisses upon my neck were never ceasing. He was still a strong man, and he held my broken, emaciated body close to me. He nearly crushed me. But I would never complain. This was my father. And I was being embraced with such tender love. I can remember that day I was home it's over it's all over now the horror the fear the shame the disgust the nightmare I've been forgiven there was no anger no condemnation no judgment I was still his son and my sins were forgiven I was home I could barely believe that such grace existed but it was real strong in my father's embrace I was dead. Now I'm alive. My sinfulness was covered by my Father's love. Maybe tonight you are in this audience and you're thinking to yourself that maybe you need to come home as well. Maybe tonight you're thinking to yourself that in the midst of this story you've seen yourself. Maybe you've had difficulties in relating to your father and you've had many of the same dreams of walking off and doing your own thing. Maybe you've struggled with that relationship with your mother. Maybe there's been struggles in relationships at home with siblings. And you've thought to yourself, I'm just going to get out of this situation. I'm leaving. Maybe you've wasted some of your precious potential. Maybe you've been but diverted in your destiny. 
Maybe you're old like me. And you've thought to yourself, I've wasted so many opportunities to do something great for God. I'm reminded of the quote from C.S. Lewis who said, You're never too old to dream a new dream. You're never too old to fulfill destiny. I don't know where where you're at tonight. I don't know what place you're at in your relationship with God. Maybe you've walked away. Maybe you're here. Maybe you've never known God. Maybe you've never experienced His love. I'd like to welcome you tonight to the Father's embrace. I'd like to welcome you home tonight. Maybe you've never known Jesus Christ and you've never known what it was like, but you do know the horrors of sin. You do know the horrors of of shame. You do know what guilt does to you. You do understand the brokenness of sin. You do understand what's going on around you and you know that you need God's help. If you're here tonight and you're in that situation, I would love the opportunity to pray for you. Maybe you're secretly hiding just a prodigal spirit. Maybe people around you don't even know it, but you've disconnected from God. You've disconnected in prayer. You've disconnected in reading His Word. You've disconnected with with church. You've You've just stopped your passion. The fire that once burnt so bright, it's not burning as brightly as it did. And you're thinking, well, maybe I should come home. Some of you are thinking there, thinking to yourself, but people will judge me. People will criticize me. People will put me down. The guilt is too much. I will lose my reputation. I will lose my good name. What good name? I've got good news for you. This house will receive you. This house will show grace. There will be those with compassionate hearts that will run towards you and embrace you. We don't care how you come into the house. We don't care how you come back to the house. Be skinny, dirty, filthy, smelly, even things in your hair. We will receive you. You are welcome. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.